0: Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Learning Future podcast. I'm your host, Luka Parry, and today it's my absolute delight to be continuing this series of exploration around the humans of the dSchool and to be speaking with an amazing educator and a a wonderful friend, Sam Seidel. Uh, Sam is a human, a friend, a son, a brother, an uncle, a husband, an education nerd, a hip-hop nerd, a writer, a designer, and a collaborator. He co-directs the K-12 lab at the Stanford D School, teaches, reads, and writes books, speaks publicly, consults with foundations and organizations, builds crossword puzzles, and is a recovering sneaker fiend. He spent over 20 years working in designing and writing about schools and youth programs across some wonderful organizations like uh, AS220, Big Picture Learning, and City Year, And his first book was released in 2011 called Hip Hop Genius, where he's just released an update of that uh, last year and where, you know, really tries to understand how do we remix education? How do we take some of the wonderful pieces around that culture and create new things? His most recent book is a wonderful book we'll be talking about today. It's called Creative Hustle, and it's a vibrant illustrated guide to how we might blaze a unique and fulfilling creative path. Uh, Sam, it's wonderful to be speaking
1: with you. Yeah, always good to see you. Luca. Good to uh, be together, get to have this conversation. Thanks for the invitation. Right. There's, um,
0: there's so many things we could click on. Uh, One thing you would know is that these conversations are all about learning. And so tell us something that you've been learning recently, what's been coming into your consciousness? What's been something that you've been noticing through the incredible work that you do? With the team there at the
1: D School. Oh well, I, it's funny when you first asked the question, I went to a totally non-work related. Uh, okay,
0: let's start there. That's thought good. is that okay? Of course it is. Yeah,
1: I, I'm just coming from spending a, about a month with my parents, and uh, so I always learn a lot from them. They're both lifelong educators. Um, but the particular thing that came to my mind when you asked me about something I've been learning is actually a recipe um, or a few recipes uh, from my 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 dad. Uh, who is a, a cook and a baker, and uh, while while we were together, unfortunately, he uh, he broke his wrist, fractured his wrist, and oh, no. so he couldn't do some of the things he's used to doing um, in the in the kitchen. And uh, one of those things is a weekly ritual that he has of making um, these kind of healthy muffins that he's kind oh. of invented. uh i think he's invented (laughs) or iterated to the point where it doesn't really resemble the initial recipe yeah um and he so he taught me how to make the muffins which uh was practical on the one hand i was able to make them uh you know for him and for the family while we were together while his wrist was healing uh Mm -hmm. but it was also special because now i know and being back home like i'm looking forward to this weekend making the muffins and it's like I'll, i'll feel connected to Oh, that's cool. to him as I do it um, and he made it very clear that while there is something of a recipe it's a lot about improvisation um, you know he was talking about being influenced by whatever music he's listening to while he's uh, making them no way. <laughs> um, and you know whatever ingredients he happens to have or not have so I, I know that part of the spirit of like carrying forward this ritual is not to like be beholden to Mm. well he used exactly this and then did it exactly this way but to start to feel like oh I like it when it has a little more of this flavor or I you know we just have this interesting you know ingredient I'm going to try and you know what am I going to listen to while I make it so um really really uh you know treasure the the that time with him Mm. and that that point of connection and all of the things that um, my my parents have taught me, but um when you brought up, what's something I've learned recently. Like <laughs> I, I just the muffins was yeah, healthy muffins. To, yeah,
0: get around it. To yeah. my <laughs> mind,
1: yeah. Happy to talk about other things too. No, that's, that's you, where Sam, my well, mind well, was.
0: well, I I am curious, Sam, about you know this idea of you know well obviously learning from in this case our elders, right? Like your family mm-hmm. and yeah, and also this idea like, piece though of taking the principles and then kind of tweaking it, like remixing it a little, you know, and you've spent a lot, I've learned a lot from you actually around how, how that happens and I, how rather than following a precise path, yeah. that we might be expected well, to follow the recipe, like how do we actually begin to iterate and create something that's new and find a way forward, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've drawn so much uh, inspiration and I've learned so much from hip hop culture, having grown up with it meaning like grown up alongside it I was born I think the year the first hip hop record was pressed onto vinyl and right. um have been a fan and a practitioner of the culture um starting at I think age 6 was when I recorded my first rap song and um have just have have you know watched this culture go from something that you didn't mm-hmm. see in the mainstream you didn't see on the charts uh to something that has like become kind of a preeminent global culture yeah. uh and you know so much of hip hop culture is is about remixing is about sampling uh things from the past mixing them together in new ways speeding them up slowing them down playing them backwards overlaying them with things that someone never would have thought of um and it, through doing that creating new meaning mm-hmm. um creating new energy uh you know all of, all of these kind of things so i i do pull that metaphor i mean obviously I, you know you mentioned i have a book with the word remixing uh, in the title <laughs> remixing high school education yeah. i've pulled a, an incredible amount of inspiration from uh from hip-hop culture in in mm. that sense both for my work but also when i think about making muffins or you know whatever else <laughs> i'm doing it's like you know what what does that look like what would how would i sample recipes and remix them and um you know mm. i guess there's even the mixing element when you're like making like you
0: know, yeah yeah
1: but it's i i mean i i have to really give credit and honor the the pioneers of hip-hop culture who have taught so many of us so much and Mm. um you know there's so many principles remix being a a big one but you know there's so many other aspects of the culture that have informed so many aspects of my life and work so um absolutely yes the remix i mean I, i i there is i don't think there's been a day in the last i don't know 15 years that's gone by that that word hasn't come out of my mouth at least once and hasn't been sort of in the conversations that that i'm in um it's huge huge i love it sam Uh, for me there's a real
0: resonance as well Uh, i don't think it's surprising around the book that you and Tunde have have put together you know of creative hustle which is also this wonderful coming together of these two terms you know like uh, so i'd love you to take us into that big idea Uh, you know, what did you and Tunde put together in that and what what are you really trying to say around that unique combination um, that I think is just so resonant for so many young people and all of us, you know, with with kind of the future of work and the future of learning, you know, like, yeah, take us on a
1: bit of a journey into that world. For sure. I mean it's so much about the future of work. And so let's get there. But I, I love the first part of the question, which or just the observation that you shared around those two words that, uh, we we've decided to, to smush together, to have a new meaning. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would love to just dive into that a little because, um, you know, I think creativity is pretty widely celebrated. You know, it's this, it's it, most people agree that that's, it's a human, uh, drive and that the world is pretty profoundly uh messed up in many ways you know when (laughs) we think about uh all of the forms of oppression that manifest all of the forms of corruption that manifest all of the forms of environmental danger that manifest like we need creativity like we need to try some new ways at things in order to um continue as a species. (laughs) Um, And and in order to to be better to each other and to ourselves. So like creativity certainly applies to fine art. And like, you know, we were just talking about hip hop culture, obviously it's paramount there. Um, And I would argue it's paramount to just our own survival. Mm -hmm. Um, So that word I think is pretty universally celebrated. Unfortunately, I think in a lot of our education experiences, we're convinced that we are not inherently creative or um that that is not an asset that we should cultivate um or and let's you know maybe I can be more explicit I think a minority of us are told we are and have the right to be um and then um, because of the ways that, um, whiteness functions, the way that racism functions, the way that, um, sexism functions, mm. um, you know, and chauvinism and we could go on. Classism. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Classism. Oh yeah. I mean, there are a very small group of like folks who are perceived to be like the elite ruling owning the creative class yeah. class who yeah. are totally told like, yeah, your ideas are great. You should be creative and, and come up with new things and be innovative and all of these things. And then a lot of other people are told, Um, and this is school system. This is in media. This is in so many ways. I don't mean to single out schools and beat up on them, you know, but in so many ways in our society, that's the message that like most people aren't, can't be, shouldn't be. It's impractical. It's a waste Mm. of time and energy. You should really focus on how to get that job and, you know, support your family and, you know, sort of be a cog in someone else's machine. Yeah. You know, that one of the elite few that get to be creative, right? So want to interrupt that. Um, and, and it's incredibly important to break that down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then bringing the word hustle in hustle can be perceived in some really, uh, different ways, yeah. right? So there's like this, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a disco dance move, the hustle, um, <laughs> it, it, can mean like to con someone, right? Like I, hustled, I, I hustled, I hustled Luca for this thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. it, it can also mean to rush. Which I don't, you know, sometimes it's good to have urgency, but sometimes that's not the best. Um, and then there's like this kind of hustle culture, which is like, everyone needs to have a job, but also a side hustle and a side side hustle. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's like this, like hyper drive of capitalism gig economy, yeah. all you know, and so. For most of that is not at all what we're talking about. <laughs> um, we're really talking about this entrepreneurial spirit. That again, come, you know, I come back to hip hop culture and like the the drive to make things happen, um, mm. to figure out how by kind of by any means necessary to if you see something that needs to happen um, in the world to to make it happen. Uh, and I've been so inspired by that form of hustle where people are like, yeah, it looks like every door is closed. I'm going to find the window that's open and I'm going to figure out how to get through it and make this thing go. Um, and so, you know, when we talk about creative hustle, it's like this amalgam of imagination and ambition Mm. and like pointing to action. Like I'm, I'm not just going to dream up something that I could or should do, or that could or should exist. I'm going to figure out how to make it exist um and that's the the ethos that, that we're trying to tap into with that phrase I love it so much Sam What I've heard
0: us you got me hype it's yeah, I like- great <laughs> keep going it's so good
1: uh, yeah no thank you for for bringing up just the phrase itself and maybe to come around to your, your point about the future of work like um part of Ola Tunde and my um and you may you may hear me affectionately also refer to him as Tunde uh you know he's a a friend a brother a collaborator on this co-author of the book co-architect and designer of the course that the book Mm. came out of um so first of all just massive shout out to Tunde wish he was here with us to chop it up about this um but he's on a sabbatical which is Uh, even better. (laughs) He he put a great video and a post up on medium about it. And I encourage you Luca personally, and everyone who's who might be listening to check it out. Because I think the way he's talking about the the need for sabbatical is, is really profound. And it's a part of hustle, right? Like, we have to slow down to speed up, we have to recharge and create that space and center ourselves. And that's what he's doing on the sabbatical. So it's some people might be like, well, that's weird. You write a book about hustle, and then you you go and take a sabbatical and, and take a break from things. That doesn't sound like hustle. And as far as the opposite, it's like, this is the most important thing. And he said it that way. When you read some of his, what he's written, this is the most important thing to, to his creative hustle. Um, anyway, that said it, it, you know, in the book, he and I, uh, or not just in the book, just in thinking about this, he and I, um, really feel like this notion and trying to help people figure out how to, think about what their goals are, think about what gifts they have that they bring to the world and then build a bridge from the gifts to the goals to make the things that they want to have happen in the world happen. Like that is the future of work. Like mm-hmm. there may be some minority of us who there's just a position waiting for us, like, you know, or not waiting for us, but we can send out a few resumes and, you know, try enough times and we will find just that job. It already exists. Somebody made it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think for a lot of us, that is not how it's going to work. We're going to have to, create it. And that might be within an existing structure, institution, um, agency, organization, Mm -hmm. company, uh, Mm -hmm. or that might be something, you know, an entirely new uh, vehicle for us to do that work. Um, But we are going to have to be the architects of our own uh, livelihood, career, making meaning in the world. Um, And so it's really important to Tunde and me that we, contribute to that in some way offer some inspiration some stories some tools some community mm-hmm. uh for for um people who are trying to figure that out
0: Sam, there's so much in there that i want to kind of double click on but there's there's some really clear golden threads and just listening to you speak about this work uh that that you and and from put together this like this imagination meets ambition. I think it's so powerful. And that piece around is almost that question that we spoke about just before we went live, you know, what's, what might be yours to do in this life? Mm. Like it's pretty deep self questions, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But it can be quite profound and overwhelming, but at the same time, what I love about this is that, uh, you know, just the practicality, the, act- the activities that come from that course, which is, Hey, what are your gifts now? Cool. How might you understand self powerfully? And then, Think about those gifts and become an architect and start to architect your way forward and say, oh well, yeah, architects have our own workflow, architects of our own, in some ways, destiny, right? But um, but this piece around taking responsibility for the world that we want, or for the inner creative or the inner artist, you know, which is I think to to your point earlier around creativity, is just a key part of being fully human. Is this idea of creating? It's yes, it's about yeah. consumption and synthesis and learning, but in order to do what? What's to be able to share, to become right. fully yourself. Uh yeah, and to be able to share those, those gifts. Oh, that speed, slow down the speed up piece is so powerful. Uh, how in this accelerating world, we always look at tech and converging exponential technologies. It's like, well, there's a lot there. Um yeah. but this piece from Bruce Lee, I always think about she's is slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And that like piece, when you think about flow states, when you're like really, I don't know, hip hop content, like in a cypher, it's just like totally like freestyling or something, or it, you're kind of in a space where you're in this creative space where it's, you're really bringing something that wasn't there before into the world. Gosh, you get a lot of meaning from that. And I guess this this is my reflection as well, as you and I both being education nerds, like we'll just fully own that. It's, you know, how might our education systems like return to those principles how might they become the base plates, the golden threads of agency you know your ability to choose powerfully the life you want to live the job you want to take the thing you want to make like that that to me seems like the really like the future of
1: learning but really it's it's also a return to our humanity you know right right yeah so often when we talk about the future of learning we start describing how learning has happened almost through, entirely throughout history until we institutionalized it more and, and kind of pulled it away from a lot of that and yes. um so i appreciate your point that it's like yes it might be the future it might also be the past the in many past. cases and i think some of the question we have to answer for the future is like who gets to do that and how do we support i mean i think we know the answer should be everyone gets to do it but then like that's a different that's a little bit of a different question so how do we create the structures and the resources so that everyone is supported in doing that? That's a more complicated and to me interesting question for all of us who are interested in the future of education is yeah. what are the tools, structures, supports, resources, co- collectives, or communities like that need to exist to support everyone in, in getting to do that?
0: That's that's great, Sam. I'd love just on that point, it's like specifically this piece around tools, I think it's. It's like, it's, it does all of us a disservice when we say, yeah, let's just talk about the ideas, you know, there's something about, and this, I guess what you as a practitioner and also all the colleagues that we've heard from, I'm so good at doing it's, it's getting into the practical activities, the making, like getting, you know, putting something together, like the prototyping space, you know, it's just this creative kind of soup. So I'd love for you to just share, you know, a couple of the activities from the book that you've obviously that have come out of the creative hustle course at Stanford. You know what are the yeah. ones that you know people go like oh wow I haven't seen myself in that light or I I didn't trust my I didn't have like a confidence to step into that space but they can really unlock something that's always within us that we come sometimes forget what are some yeah. of what are some of those processes that you may want to share?
1: Uh well first of all like I appreciate what you're saying it's like there is this like. uh, leap that i think we need to make from like the conceptual to the like getting our hands dirty you know and picking up whether it's just a pencil or a pen or you know mm-hmm. tablet or whatnot or or more kind of three-dimensional crafting tools but like built building and putting a putting kind of a mark on the canvas or a stake in the sand or whatever we want to call it to, to mm-hmm. say like i'm starting to try to answer these questions like i'm not going to definitively answer what exactly I need to make for the rest of my life or what my impact can or can't be. But I, I, if I don't start to try to answer it, and one of the things we heard, we interviewed a lot of people whose creative hustle we admire, one of the things we yeah. heard so often, it might be the most common theme, I'd love to hear Tunde's take on whether this is true, but we heard it from many people was the power of writing down what they were trying to manifest, um, writing down or drawing a picture or making a collage, but in some way, like physically having up in their space. Like, th- these are the things I want to create and put into the world. This is how I want to move. Um, so just appreciate your point, first of all, about, like, moving to, like, practice, putting our hands on something, putting a line on the page. Um, there's also a tremendous value in the more conceptual work and the hearing of sharing of stories and not always driving to, like, you know, f- fill in the blank kind of madly lib answer, right? So there's some balance there that I think we're always trying to... To hit, and I say when, when I say we're always trying to hit, I mean pretty broadly, like in the Everybody. classes we teach and the things we write. Like we, yeah. you know, I think it's just how good like learning and kind of progress happen. Um, in terms of your more direct question about what's in the book, uh, we structured there's activities throughout, um, but they're all part of one bigger activity, and and we call it this like gifts to goals canvas. Um, and so what we've done is at the beginning of the book we we have some prompts and we say like. We want to help you think about what your goals are so we're not just saying like you should know them just write them here it's easy no problem we're saying like how do you you know and think about these questions and you know here's how to create some context for thinking about it and then also like thinking about your gifts and that may be things that come super easy to you and like you've always been complimented on and uh you know so on but they may also be things that are almost harder for you than anyone else but you keep coming back to them you know like they're like the things that like you fall asleep and wake up thinking about, and that like you you feel like this drive around, even if it's kind of like a fraught drive, right? So I, I think sometimes gifts make it sound like, oh, this is just something I was born with, and I that's not how we're defining it. That may be a definition, but we're we're thinking about it in a, in a more, I think, kind of complicated and nuanced way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then throughout this, so, the, so the book tells nine stories of of um, these really inspirational, cool. Uh, folks and we can talk more about who they are if you want. But uh, the point I want to make now is like after each section, we like so after three of them, uh, we jump to like, okay, what can you learn from those stories about how these people figured out their values that were going to drive their work? Um, And how can you use that to like start to answer what values you want to have guide your work? So like, there's a set of questions and activity to to do there. Um, And then after the next, uh, section which talks about people and kind of like who your network is, who your community is, who you kind of feel competitive with that motivates you, all these things, but like how you are in relation to other people. Um, similarly, like here's some things to like think about and try as you start to define like who your people are and what in what relationship. And then in, in the um, following section, it's about your practices. Like what are the things you do day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, um how can you pull inspiration from the folks that were whose stories we're sharing and then like you you're already existing like what are the things you're already doing it's not like you're a blank slate so like what are you bringing in what are you learning from this what else isn't what's missing um so the all of like the whole book is kind of like um spread out uh across this big activity um Mm -hmm. and i should mention too like we this was a late edition but there was just such cool things in the stories so like that we added even more activities like at the after each story, there's a separate <laughs> thing because um, uh, like just to give a quick example, this is where it started is uh, Brian Terry, who's one of the people we feature in the book, who's um, an amazing uh, eco chef, uh, food justice activist, was a is a cookbook author, but now is also a publisher wow. in his own right, um, won James Beard Award and NAACP Image Award and just an incredible um, creative hustler. He told this story about um, putting together a, a session, I believe it was called Brainstorming Brian, um, where he asked a bunch of people he trusted and respected to come okay. together and be sort of his personal advisory board and help him figure out what to do next. And so in telling that story, we we realized like uh, that is such a great activity that all of us could do. So like we put a little box at the end of that one and said like, why don't you try that? Like call some friends and offer them, like Bryant cooked for them because he's an amazing chef, but like, if that's not your thing, like what could you exchange in, in exchange for their time to you know honor their 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 wisdom and uh, so then we went back and we were like oh shoot there's lessons like that in every one of these so we started so to your point there's a lot of activities because then we started like at the end of each of those uh, profiles putting like here try try something from from this story so uh, yeah there's a, there's a lot in there but um, so good Sam. really wanted really wanted it to be um, aside from like one of my fears of telling all these stories of these amazing people like bryant is that Mm -hmm. someone could read it and think like well that's that's great for him yeah like what you know that i don't see how i could ever do that and so it felt really important to do everything like we can't do we're like i i feel like the energy of it to me is like we're like leaping out of the pages like almost begging you like please really try this like yes you've already bought the book like that part is happening like this, if you try some of these things, like you could find results that, you know, like, could really be profound, like have a profound impact. And so like, I think as people read it, they'll like, feel like they can almost hear Tunde and be like pleading with them, like, really give this a try. Like, you know what how can we help you like let us know like we just want you to like you know even if you don't do them all do the ones that feel right for right now but like yeah. just lean you know lean into your learning edge on this a little bit and like that's nice. so that's that's the energy we really do want it to be both inspiring but also um provide a platform to like start trying something it's Sam. It's, um, it's just it's so obvious
0: i think and um, the energy that i think you and Tunde have just in the world is, is very much that same energy you know this <laughs> idea of uh, and and something you just said that's so powerful, like lean into your learning edge. Like really that being kind of at the core of any powerful transformational experience. It's like you, you lean into something about yourself, a new discovery. I, I heard something beautiful, beautiful the other day um, from a friend of mine, which is have the courage to be seen try. Isn't mm. that, it's just this power, like, and I feel like, that often when we think about systems that aren't fully human, that in some ways dehumanize educators and the young people that they're supporting and serving, right? It's like, you, you kind of end, you exit this system often without a full conception of what your gifts might be. You know, yeah. what you have is kind of a trans, yeah. An academic transcript sometimes like, um, or you have a good idea of what you're not good at. <laughs> so, so this piece around, I think there's an an evolution required here and lots of of wonderful work happening at local and global levels in this space, I guess. But this piece too, how do we just enable everyone to kind of go a bit deeper and to understand actually here might, these might be my gifts. And I like your definition on that, by the way. These might be my gifts. And so I'm going to change, I'm going to evolve them into goals. And these are mine to do. And if I'm not going to do this, well, who will you know the old old truism right if not if not us then who and if not now then when it's like we're kind of waiting for permission sometimes sam i feel to live our life Mm. and we're often sometimes parts of us are waiting for permission to try the thing um and that can be it i think that's every every human in this system i guess so yeah
1: that's that's i mean thank you for i think that resonates like i think a huge part of what We're trying to do in the book, but also just in our work, is like break out of that waiting for permission, and that's part. That's part of where the word hustle felt relevant to Tunde and me. It's like not not waiting for someone to prescribe a path for us, because a lot of times if we do, that's not going to be the path that we really want, or that really allows us to like kind of walk in our truth and our greatness and our you know know, all of that. We're going to have to play an active role in shaping it. Um, and I wish we didn't, right? It would be nice if it was a conveyor belt and you just hop on and it takes you wherever you need to go. But that yeah. just hasn't been my um, experience or what I've witnessed um, about how it works for for most people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love some of the, I, you know, this is the last conversation from our D School series. So it's so wonderful to try to, I just think about all the great work that's happened, all the different conceptions, navigating ambiguity, you know, designing you know, with courage, and uh, you know all these conceptions. How do you have a favorite failure? You know, like just it's just wonderful, wonderful work from you and your colleagues. So, what I'd I'd love Sam, because it's always a delight, mate. We could jam on this for a long time. <laughs> you know? Yeah, let's yeah. go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we just keep going. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, how do we visit the future? Like the role of belonging. And how do we understand visual storytelling and maps and stuff? So it's just been a really wonderful learning journey for me, and kind of always at my learning edge with the beautiful humans in the G school. So I guess what, I, what I, my final question to you is: What is it that you would like to leave us with? What's most resonant for you in you know in your own path, but in also obviously supporting others to really architect their own journeys forward as well.
1: Mm. Thank you for the question. the the thing that comes to mind as you ask it is,, um, and I'm just flowing with you. I just, you know, I'm like, where where is this taking me right now? Um, is a, a line, I think of it as a line from a gang song, but I, I I'm not sure that they created the phrase they may have, but it, the, the phrase is upset the setup.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and you know, things are set up in a certain way. Uh, And I really believe that uh, we need to we need to upset the setup. Um, We need to not just follow the paths that are prescribed for us. And that's certainly true for um, for folks who are being sort of tracked uh, to like going back to part of our earlier earlier part of the conversation, like not have all the opportunities to be creative or to um, have those kind of you know as many opportunities in the world but i think it's also true for like the folks with all sorts of privilege like because sometimes i think that's its own cage and um i'm less worried about those folks because they have all these creature comforts and yes you know and, and that sort of thing but i think a lot of people in that are on there's a conveyor belt there too that says hey you're supposed to be in power and you're supposed to exploit people in these ways. And, and this is the track you should be on and it's the lineage that you're a part of. And there's an upset, the setup there too, of those folks with all that privilege saying, you know what, that's not, I want to dance. Like, I don't want to do all that stuff or I want to, you know, whatever it is, like, I'm not going to just follow that path either. And so I, I, I don't want to make light of how important it is that we upset the setup when it comes to folks who are suffering from all sorts of intense, um, oppression in our world and i want to acknowledge that like part of changing their reality is changing the reality for the folks who are in these positions who are doing that stuff because they are not living in their full humanity either so upset the setup overall um and it's going to take creativity it's going to take initiative and ambition i do think that like rest is an important part of that uh, it's not, it's not like it has to, we have to grind ourselves into the ground necessarily, but I think we do have to be a little impatient and we do have to be, um, ambitious about it, um, and, and kind of push ourselves and each other as we support ourselves and each other. So upset the setup. Oh, Sam, I love it. I've got
0: goosebumps. It's, uh, mate, it's so good. This, you know, what are we, who do we want to be? What do we want to create? Like understanding that all of us deserve creative hustle, you know, and how do we shift systems? How do we take responsibility? How do we grab what's there for us as well, and step into our own courage? I had so many wonderful themes. Um, but it's really kind of brought together, I think, a lot of the conversations we've had over this series, you know? And I think you said it beautifully just at the end, It's upset the setup. And how do we step into, how do we craft really practices, systems, philosophies, programs that allow our full humanity to be expressed? Um, whoever you might be, wherever you might be listening to this conversation. So, mate, a huge thank you from me and from us for the work you do and for sharing some of your beautiful, beautiful work with us here today on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you, Luca. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having, you know, us. Uh, and uh, yeah, October 4th, creativehustle.org. Uh, can't wait to, to hear what people think and, and continue to build with you personally, Luca, and also anyone and everyone listening about this work. So thank you. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Sam. So colleagues, that
0: rounds out our series on humans of the D-School. And what a beautiful conversation uh, with Sam Seidel and his new book co-authored uh, with uh, Tunde. It's called Creative Hustle. And so get your hands on that and all the other wonderful guides from the guests that we've had. It's part of this conversation, how might we really take charge, take responsibility for the world that we want to create and also what learning may continue to evolve and become. Thanks for joining us, till next time.